And we want to make that a tradition um, for years to come. And uh, I think that our teens will do a good job of self-promoting that. So have you ever been a part of a really great team? All right, this we went on a, we were on a mission trip with a team of people. Not necessarily just a sports team. Doesn't have to always be sports. There's all kinds of different. You're a teacher, you could be on a teaching team. There's research teams. There's construction teams. You name it, you can call it a team. Um, have you ever been a part of one? All right, start thinking you know, along these lines. Obviously, sports is something that we immediately go to when we think about teams because that's literally what they're called, right? Um, but team, and, and team sports do a fantastic job of character building and teaching life lessons uh, and how much you can learn by participating within a team concept uh, is infinite, right? Uh, and and where, you, where it's, a, it's a time where you have to rely on somebody else to do something, and in turn, they have to rely on you. It's some give and take because you can't do it all by yourself. And so if you've been a part of this church at all, for 10 minutes or more um, in the last two and a half years, you know that I like sports. Um, and I've been a part of sports since I can remember. And when I got too old to compete in sports, I started to play uh, slow pitch, which is not really sports. It's just uh, fat old people that um, are holding on too long. Um, <laughs> I was one, and now I'm not. Uh, then I began coaching, right? And I actually loved coaching more than playing, uh, because I was just an okay athlete, but I got the opportunity to coach some really good kids. I love watching our kids play sports, right? When Maya was younger, she was involved in all kinds of stuff, and now she's, uh, she cheers at the high school. I love going and watch her do what she loves to do. And Jackson, he's involved in all the sports that he plays. It fills my heart to see them do great things to be leaders, to, um, and the hardest part, it, it rips my heart out too, when they fail, when they don't succeed like they anticipate. Because I have no control over that. When you were playing, when I was a player, I had some control. And to watch your kids do that, it's, it's hard sometimes. That's a different sermon for a different day. But um, as a coach and a player, I was able to be part of some really good teams, right? Almost great. Uh, as a coach, uh, I was a part of five ch uh, conference championship teams in Mid-America uh, on the football team. Three times we finished the regular season undefeated. So we did okay. And um, in the past eight years, we've seen some great teams. People in these parts have been really spoiled, right? 2015, the Royals win the World Series for the first time in 30 years. Great team, right? Uh, 2019, before the world shut down, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years, right? And just last spring, the, the Jayhawks, they win a national championship for the first time in 14 years. It takes, a, it takes a great team playing great at the right time in order to be successful. And all those things, all those teams, the, the, the three championship teams, the teams that I was a part of, and if you're a part of a successful team, they all have one thing in common, right? Great players. If you're going to be good, you need good athletes, right? That's the way it works. Patrick Mahomes, right? Duh. Good. He's really good. Um, and that helps when you're the quarterback to uh, um, you, you affect so much. But those teams in those times, they had their best players playing their best at the right moment when it mattered the most. And the other thing they had were really good role players. The guys that weren't stars, 
the guys that make the league minimum, which, by the way, is way more than we'll ever make, ever. Um, but they, they're just those glue guys, teammates that might not get tons of glory, right? But they have, uh, they, they have to be there in order for the game to even happen and for anybody to have success. So think about this. What if, um, what if James Winchester didn't do his job? And I see the smoke coming out of your ears. The first remark you would have is, who is James Winchester? Right? The second remark is, what does he even do? What is, what is his job? Because the name sounds like a combine salesman from central Nebraska, right? Hi, I'm, I'm James Winchester, or vote for me for mayor. You know, whatever. Uh, James, he has, James Winchester has a huge job. He's the long snapper for the Kansas City Chiefs. And... Uh, if he was terrible at his job, first of all, he wouldn't have it because he only has one job on that team. His job is to snap for punts and field goals. Anytime a special team's kicking is on the field, he's the snapper. And I had that job in college. It's no fun, okay, because nobody ever thinks about you unless you do what? You mess up. So think about back to 2019, Super Bowl 54. What happens if he snaps the ball over the punter's head four times? Right? What if he messes up on a couple of field goal or extra points? The outcome of the game would have been different. It was kind of close until the very end. And so he has to do his job, and it would have been a different outcome. Salvador Perez, anybody know who that is? Okay. Kansas City Royals catcher. Pretty good. Pretty good catcher. And uh, what if he just, he, you know, he was good enough. He won. He was actually the MVP of the World Series, so he did some good things. But what if he forgot to go out and catch? One of the innings. And we only had, there was only eight players out there, and they were good on defense, but what would the pitcher do? How would the pitcher be successful if the catcher wasn't back there, right? You can't, you know, what if he just went back there and put his glove up, and if it hit it, he caught it. If it went over there, it just went over there, right? They all have a job to do, and great players are very important, but those other glue guys, those role players that do little things, um, they are just as important to make the game happen. Well, today we're in the second week of our journey of the book of Romans, specifically chapter 12. Did anybody have a chance to read it this week at least one time? Okay, I challenge you to do that. Read chapter 12 of Romans as much as you can over the next month or so. And we're, we're looking at exploring what the Christian life looks like in view of God's mercy. We talked about last week, this is in God's view, Master, because of his mercy, we have the opportunity to have a relationship with him. And because of his mercy, when we pull the lever, if there was no mercy, it would just be blank. We wouldn't have a chance. There would be no opportunity whatsoever. And we talked um, about the first couple of verses um, that uh, offering our lives as a living sacrifice. And what that looked like, because when Jesus came, he changed the whole format of what happened. In the old days, it was a literal sacrifice, and they killed an animal. But we're called now to be a living sacrifice and offer ourselves every day. And that's our purest form of worship. We talked about different forms of worship, and we've done those again today. We've sang, and we've prayed, and, and we've given, and we've celebrated. All of those are worship because that's a response 
an offering of God to God, a, a response to what we value the most. And today we're going to um, look at a couple ideas from uh, Romans chapter 3, 4, and 5, or 12, verse 3, 4, and 5. So we're going to take the next little chunk. And after we read it, um, I think the little team idea that we talked about here at the beginning will be a little more clear. And so um, I think I'm going to start from the beginning, and just as a recap, um, in chapter, Romans 12, chapter 1. And if you want to follow along, you can. I have a feeling it'll be on the screens, because Holly is awesome. She's awesome, even if it's not on the screens. This would be awesome, honest. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here's the new stuff for today. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, and that is us, we, right here, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is the word of the Lord today. Thanks be to God. So Paul is an apostle of Christ, and he's writing to the church in Rome in 57 or so A.D., and he shares this formula for having a significant impact on the kingdom to the church in Rome and what that looks like in their context and what it looks like to live a Christian life amidst all kinds of turmoil that uh, Emperor Nero uh, put Christians through. And he tells them, you have to be a team player. You guys got to be on the same. You got to be a group that relies on each other. And as a coach, you know, I had, uh, I had uh, really, um, uh, I, wanted, I had players that wanted to do something great, right? They wanted to be very successful. They wanted to go out and do something really great for their team. And they did it all for the right reasons, right? They wanted to win. They wanted to win for their teammates, they wanted um, what was best for the team, but sometimes they would try and do more than they're capable of. Uh, if you're a pitcher and you throw 60 miles an hour, you can't go out and just throw 85 when you want to. It's just not within you to do that. And us as Christians in this church body, just in our walk in Christ in general, we cannot do everything that is required to we just have to do our part, right? We have to do what's within us and let that come out. And so um, there's times when uh, those players would do more and they wouldn't get there. It, they would fail or hurt the team because they tried to do more than they're capable of. And, um, and as a coach, it was my job to help them understand, okay, this is what you do really, really well. And then when you're in the game, do it. Really, really well. That's all we're asking you to do. And then rely on the next guy to do his job. Because you can't try and do your job and two others. If you're a football player, you can't be the quarterback and the lineman at the same time. Okay? 
The quarterback has one job. Now, it's very important, right? They touch the ball on every snap. But they can't block those big guys in front of them. If they throw a pass, they can't catch it too. They rely on everybody else around them to make them better. And so Paul tells the Roman church, y'all are on the same team, and you all have a specific job to do, and you should do your job according to the, what, how God gives you that ability. And just the right amount of ability is needed, and use it when you need it. So one of the big points of emphasis on our trip, um, to, on our G3 trip, was introduced to the mix really quick, Okay. We had, a, we had a sit down, we got there, we got settled, and we had a little sit down, talked about our expectations, right? And they weren't rules, but they're kind of rules, but they're more of expectations. The first one was, this trip isn't about you, right? You're going on the trip, but the trip is not about you. And the kids are challenged to work at thinking more about others. And that's the goal when they come home, that hopefully they, they carry that over. And now, um, you know, we don't do... Uh, we don't, uh, when we think about others first, we don't do it at the expense of thinking of ourselves less or thinking less of ourselves. We do it because we, the idea is to see others, see their needs, see what they uh, are, are in, uh, in need of, and then fill those needs and not have the attitude of being better than someone else. And Paul has the same thought for the church in Rome. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Meaning, don't get too big for your britches, right? Have you ever thought more highly of yourself than you probably should? Yeah, I have, probably this week, you know? And, and those that, that your job, you're, you're called to um, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, and live like others are a priority over you. It's a submission competition, right? Where we, we give and we give of ourselves. And in turn, the same thing's going to happen to you. It's just like in a, in a marriage situation. A spouse serves the other spouse and wants what's best for them. And in turn, that comes full circle. The other spouse wants what's best and serves the other one. It's a submission competition. And we had, the, we had the opportunity to see people and respond to those things. And um, the G3 kids, they were challenged to see the needs of others and fill those needs. But it was just not the needs of those we were serving that we were on a work project for. They were asked to see the needs of each other. And, um, and you know, that's important. We went to go serve somebody intentionally but the idea is that we serve somebody uh, that we know. We took a group, and the, the goal was to grow closer together. Uh, and so we got to serve those in Olathe, but we also served each other. They had different jobs. Okay, We were split up into three groups, and one would uh, make breakfast, uh, set out breakfast for everybody. One would prepare lunches. One would do the cleanup, and we just kind of rotated uh, to intentionally serve each other. And, and take care of each other. And, and, uh, and the idea is that we grow in Christ and build a strong bond with our, our own team of people. And spoiler alert, it happened, okay? I think you probably saw that in the pictures. So Paul also tells the uh, Romans, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed you, each of you. Paul's offering this basic simple um, 
system checks, uh, checks and balances right here. He's telling us, when you look in the mirror, see what's there. Don't deceive yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should. It's, it's not about what you wish you looked like. It's not about what others make you out to be. See yourself. Understand your heart. And then react. Sober judgment, that's an interesting um, choice of, of phrase. It, but it's a thought pattern of self-restraint. That even if you are better than somebody, you don't need to just think, well, I, you're going to talk down to them because you know better. It's not about being right, right? It's about serving and making a difference. And so um, we want to think of ourselves with sober judgment. This idea of self-restraint rather than to embellish all of our accomplishments or um, uh, to serve ourselves, especially at the expense of other people. And that can happen. It can happen within your family, within our church, in the community, wherever you are. It's not, and basically he's saying be truthful with yourself about who you are. And that's not easy, is it? It's not easy to be honest with yourself. We can we can be pretty talented, actually, at lying to ourselves about our circumstances. Paul knew that. You know why? Paul was pretty high on himself. Paul knew uh, before he became a Christian, he was uh, one of the highest you could be, uh, a level of government official. And he was killing Christians. He was persecuting them. He thought that he was doing it right because these Christians were following the way and not the old way. And uh, God has this encounter with him and changes his heart forever. But that judgment comes according to our faith experiences. The, the way that we see ourselves um, is, is um, played out according to our faith experience and how God apportions that. And, I mean, how do you grow in your faith? Well, you trust and then... It happens, and that makes you think, oh, that's going to happen again. That builds your faith, right? We all have a different story, right, a different background, okay? I grew up in the church since I, I was born on a Sunday, for crying out loud. I just was always in church, and I'd never not been at church. And it, on Sunday when we don't come or on vacation or whatever, it's weird not to be at church. So I have a different background than maybe you do. And what that means is our faith is all in different places, that's true no matter. You could be from the same background, but your faith could be in a different place according to what God has done in your life, what you've acknowledged that God is doing in your life. And um, our faith can handle um, maybe something, some things better than others. That all hinges on our past faith journey a lot of times. In our, our current circumstances, our past circumstances, the way that we've been treated, the way that we've treated others, all those things come into play. And um, seeing and understanding what God has done in our lives is what helps build our faith. I, I heard this at the call a couple weeks ago when we were at, at Mid-America, that, that faith is that space between the promise and assurance. That's what faith is. That there's a promise, a promise is made, and then you have to wait for whatever period of time and then it's assurance. The promise comes true. They fulfill that promise. And that's what faith is. Faith is the promise is made, and then you just wait, anticipating that it's going to happen, and it does. That's what faith 
is it was a good, it was a good word picture for me. And, um, and so um, how far God has brought you comes into play. And the, so what might, I might be able to handle in my faith journey, you might not be able to at this point in your life. And the same is true. Your circumstances, I might not be able to handle because God has just apportioned our faith in a different way. And we have to see that with sober judgment and not think of ourselves higher than we should because all of that strength comes from and all of that faith is fulfilled in what God does in us and through us. And so that's, uh, that's where the team comes in, right? And in verse 4 and 5, we talked a lot about um, we have one body and many members, and the members do not all have the same function. But in Christ, we are all one. We form one body. And he's talking to Christians. He's speaking, obviously, to the Roman church, but he's telling that to us as a Christian body here at this church and uh, Christians across the globe. That, uh, and we learned that this week on mission trip. The kids, they were divided into groups, and they all served each other, and they all had a different duty. And if we needed to split up at a job uh, work project, that was just built in already. But it went further than that, okay? It went further. Verse 4, it says, For just as each of us have one body with many members, and so I was on mission trip, I was one body, but we had 16 other people there. I was one body with many members, and each... Um, and these members do not all have the same function. And that was true. That's true on any team. Again, the quarterback has one job. The wide receiver has another job. I, I had a job on mission trip. Dylan had a job. Izzy had a job. We all had different things that we came, that brought to the table, and we all fulfilled those. And our kids, they learned this firsthand that um, uh, they, they were not able to do everything that was said in front of them. They couldn't accomplish it on their own. And, um, and they had to rely on each other, on the other person in their group, on the whole group as, uh, in general. And uh, one of our expectations that we talked about, we talked about this is not, the, the trip was not about you. But it, we also talked about leading and being led. Because sometimes we're called to lead. And um, when we uh, get to uh, verse 6 through uh, eight, we'll talk more specifically about like actual the gifts and different things like that. But um, we, we weren't always able to do what was right in front of us. We had to rely on somebody else's strengths, maybe just their strength. I wasn't strong enough to pick that up, so other people had to do it, you know. And um, sometimes uh, we put them, and what it did was when they couldn't do it, someone else had to step in. When their teammates couldn't do it, they got to step in and use their gifts and, and abilities uh, in the right way because that's what it was called for. And so Paul tells the Roman church, just, and, he, and he tells our G3 mission trip. He tells Emporia First Church of the Nazarene. He tells Pastor Paul. You can't do it on your own. It's not possible. No human can do this life on your own. And God gives us these gifts and abilities, and he wants us to serve him with them. And he calls, and he puts us in positions to do that. You know how I know? You know how I know that he uses gifts in a, in a great way? Here, I'll show you. All right. Why is everybody laughing? 
You don't know. So I want us all to stand and we're going to sing. I'm just kidding. No, I can't play this. I can't play this. I would love to be able to, but it's, it's pointed the wrong way. I'm this handed, and it needs to be, and I'm not, I'm musically inclined, but not enough to do things upside down. But you know who can play? Dylan. That's his function. He does a lot of other things too, but his function is to play and to sing. And Taylor, her function is to help lead and sing, and, and Penny, and how about Bethany today? Oh, yeah? You see, we, we are all one church with many members, and God uses us in so many different ways. And I wish he would let me play the guitar, but I can't, and that's probably a good thing. And Dylan does it. He does a great job, and he leads our worship, and they, it's wonderful. And I'm so proud and happy for them and blessed by their ministry for us. And... Um, we're meant to lean as a church. We're meant to lean on each other's bests because we have a lot of inadequates, right? We are built in this body to lean on each other's bests. And sometimes our bests are, are at high volume and we step in because we're great listeners and we help counsel. Maybe you uh, have time and that's your gift right then and you can go mow someone's grass. Whatever the case is, there's so many opportunities that God will bring into your life because he's given you those gifts. And in the kingdom of God and in his church and this church, we all have a purpose in Christ. And that's what's important to know. That we, this is not about us. That just like the mission trip. This life that we serve Christ in, it's not about us. It's about what we can do in Christ together as we take his name to our community, to our friends and our families. And there's something everyone here can do to take the name of Jesus to others. By our service, by uh, using our gifts and the things that God's blessed us with by offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. And that's our truest form of worship. Maybe you're just a jack of all trades and that's your, your, your form of worship. And you just step in and you fill a role everywhere. And that's great. And, and, and taking that perfect form, uh, it's why we have a role. You have a role. It's, uh, some are different than others, but and some are more substantial, right? Because not everybody can be up here preaching, because there's usually only one preacher at a time. It'd be weird if there were two people up here talking, right? And hard to pay attention to. Maybe uh, you know, I, nobody's asking me to play guitar in the worship band. Thank you. Appreciate that. And they thank you too. Okay, so um, what we do is we uh, rely on the discernment of the Holy Spirit to place people in leadership where they're going to thrive. Because if you failed at it repeatedly because you weren't good at it, what would you do? You'd quit. You'd walk away, and I don't blame you. Because we want to have success, and we want to see our part playing out and, and showing that we are able to make a, a contribution. And that's why we're always trying, uh, that's why we're always looking to plug people in in different roles as investors, right? We don't call them volunteers because we ask you to invest to give something of yourself and put it in to something else, somebody else. 
So we're always looking. And anybody can be a part of that. Okay? If you can sing, sing. If you can play, play. If you can greet, greet. If you can lead a, uh, a Sunday school class for kiddos, yeah. Everybody has an opportunity to serve. And that's why we, we offer different things throughout the week, throughout the year, so you can have the opportunity to plug in and be a part and use those things that God has apportioned to you according to your faith. But we want everyone to find that place and exercise their best function as a member of the kingdom, for sure. So those are some of the awesome lessons that our youth group learned on G3 Mission Trip. And uh, you guys would have been so proud of them if you got to see them in action. It was so encouraging to see our kids build together. They didn't have phones, which they didn't really like, but they made it. Nobody got a rash or anything, okay? And you know what happened every time we sat down at the table? They talked to each other. They visited. They cut up. They laughed. Had a good time. They probably got on each other's nerves a little bit, and that's okay because they get on... You know, that that's, might be why they got sent on a mission trip. I don't know. But that's okay because God had a reason to send them. And it was awesome to watch them be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and uh, you would have been incredibly proud of them. So three, three lessons, three questions for the road as we uh, wrap up for today. Um, when are the times... You think of yourself more highly than you ought. Do you have those times? Do they show up more in some circumstances than others, maybe? When are those times? Can you identify it? Can you be truthful with yourself, right? That's our first question. Then, um, when, when you look at your life right now, in your current circumstances, because you can't do much about what happened before, right? And that's okay. But when you look at your life right now, through the eyes of sober judgment, this self-restraint of being truthful with yourself, are you seeing what is reality or what you wish your life could be like? Chew on that for a little bit, right? When you look at your life right now, through the eyes of sober judgment, are, are you seeing what's reality? Because maybe there's some things you should work on, but you're avoiding that. Maybe there's some things you should give up, but you're avoiding that. Maybe there's some relationships that you need to mend before you can be used by God in the, in the best way possible. Doesn't mean that God still is not using you, but having that free and clear heart. Are you seeing what's reality, or are you, are you seeing what you wish your life would be like? And then the last thing, are you using the gifts and the abilities that God has blessed you with and doing your part as the one member in a body of many, right? Or, and are you relying on others to do their part, okay? Because I'll be honest with you, in, in a profession, in a calling, uh, as a pastor, I've done it for 19 years. And in every circumstance, I have had to hunt for volunteers to do whatever, you guys did Upward for a while here. That's what I did for 10 years in Olathe. That's just a, a machine of constantly asking, can you help? Can you help? Can you help? And use those gifts and graces. So are you, are you using those things, your gifts and abilities, for the purpose that God calls you to use them? As being one, one member 
in this body of many. And if we all did things together, man, it would be way easy, wouldn't it? Things would get done like that. We would have to turn volunteers away. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, I'd like to volunteer to be a teacher. No, we're, we're full. We have three, and we have one on the waiting list. Can we put you somewhere else? You know uh, any church has ever been there and done that? Uh-uh. <laughs> Sorry. It's never happened. There, there's never been enough volunteers, investors. Sorry. So it's challenging, isn't it? It's challenging for us to rely on others. But most importantly, it's necessary that we rely on the one that gives us those gifts and abilities. That we rely on the Father in heaven that gave us those things and using them for him. That we allow him to work through us. It's challenging for us not to try to navigate our lives on our own, isn't it? And control everything. Uh, It's really impossible. Have you ever tried to control everything in your life? turns into a wreck, doesn't it? And it's a challenge at times not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. I'm there. Heaven's yes. That, that pride is a tool that the devil uses every day in someone to destroy what God has done in your life. And it's okay to be proud of what you do, but acknowledge that you had nothing to do with it. Right? I try and teach that to Jackson all the time uh, as an athlete. Man, he does a good job. He, he's, he, he's, he hit a home run today. All right? Super proud of him. And I'm so excited that he uh, is happy to work hard and use those gifts. But getting him to understand every time he sets foot on the field, same way with Maya, same way when I come up here, that this is not about me. And you're very gracious to, to understand that this is not one of my greatest abilities to preach. But I hope that it helps. That's the idea. That we use what God's given us the opportunity to do and let him serve others through it. And so it can, that, that pride, though, it can destroy relationships that, that we have already. It can destroy potential relationships that we may never see because we don't take the time to literally see others in their needs. So we're called to be one of many, right? And we do a good job of that here for the most part. And we, we have a great team at Emporia First Church. And I'm super thankful for every one of you. And um, never forget that we usually don't have enough help. So plug yourself in. And let's be one part of many and rely on each other, that back and forth, because it pays off in the end, won't it? Right? Well, we're off to a good start in Romans chapter 12. Next week, you get the privilege of hearing from Pastor Dylan. He's going to share his heart, and uh, we're going to be gone on vacation. I look forward to hearing that. Maybe we'll even tune in. We'll see. Time change and everything, we'll see. But I will watch. And he's going to do a great job. I know he's looking forward to that. Let's all stand together as we um, finish up and uh, pray together. Father in heaven, we're uh, so thankful to, to be here today. And as I think about the trip that we took this week uh, on mission trip with uh, every kiddo and all the sponsors, it, it makes such a huge impact in our lives when we go and do something intentional like that. 
And I pray, Father, that uh, the example that they've had put in front of them, now the example that they set for their peers and for their parents and everyone involved in their life, that that carries over into their next step of faith. And Lord, I just pray that we follow suit, that as we start to identify the things that you've given us, the things that um, are great in our lives, that you have, have so graciously apportioned to us, that we use them for you. Whether we think we're insignificant or not, we're not, because we're made in your image. You gave us your son, and, you, and he died for us so that we can have this purpose of carrying your name forward to everyone that we encounter. So inspire us, Lord, today to use what we have to help others. Inspire us today to use what you've blessed us with to be one of many. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for all you do in our lives. Help us to have a great week as we um, enjoy a holiday weekend and all the festivities and family and things like that. God, we just ask that you'll bless us, keep us safe, and guard our hearts in a great way. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today. Greet each other in the name of the Lord and have a blessed week. God, have a, have a great day.